in January 2023, after arriving back from South America to lovely, wintry English weather, I turned on the news to check in with what's been happening back home. The BBC had the Minister for Education on the show, and I couldn't believe the first question that they asked her. Right now, up and down the country, teachers are stretched thin, and many of which feel there's no other choice than to go on strike. And the first question that they asked the Minister for Education was how do you feel about the rise in misogyny and aggression in young boys, thanks to Andrew Tate? I couldn't believe that they'd asked her that question and I had the opportunity to ask her anything about what was going on right now in the education system. It seems to me that we are more divided than ever, and this is my story. So back when I was a kid, when I was growing up, and when all kids, I think, I work in schools all the time, I work in gyms, the first groups that you split into is always boys against girls. It's just natural, you would do it, right? And I remember a, a story from when I was at school, when we were at primary school, back 20 years ago, 25 years ago, it wasn't that popular for girls to play football, not like it is now. So sometimes you might get, I'd go and play uh, for my local Sunday local team, and one of the teams might have a girl on it, and it was really like, whoa, that, that team's got a girl on it, because there was nowhere for girls to play, play football at the time just wasn't very popular and I remember as it was about we're in maybe year four or five and we had to have a big meeting and it was with the head teacher and it was with our, our year teacher and all the boys and girls and we were kind of split up and faced off and it was basically about the boys not letting the girls play football with them and it was like this big massive debate and it's really interesting it'd be interesting to go back and listen to that now because it was like a really healthy debate and the boys and the girls were arguing about why we don't let the girls play with us and ultimately we came to like a conclusion like that we were now going to let the girls play with us because they should be able to play with us but you know we weren't going to make it any easier for them. They had to try and like get the ball off us. And I remember a couple of girls saying that, oh, me and my best mate, Alex Blackwell, we used to do one-twos around everyone. Boys, girls, it didn't matter. And we used to do one-twos. I remember the girls saying, well, Sam and Alex do one-twos and they're not allowed to do that anymore. I was like, what? What do you mean? That's just part of the game. You can't stop me doing that. You've got to get the ball off us. And after that, the girls would play with us and we'd play together. And it was awesome. And I think even at that time and that conversation that we had, I still kind of believe in that today. Like I believe in equal opportunity, but not necessarily equal outcome. Like, you know, I've grown up in sport. And for me, sport is like the best leveler. Like when you walk through that door, it doesn't matter what gender, race you are, what your family background was. It's all about when you step onto that pitch, how good are you at it? And that's kind of like my approach to life. Um, and, and yeah, thinking back to them when I was younger, the first thing you would do when the school teacher would split you up into groups is you'd split into girls, girls against boys straight away. If they give you the option, they normally didn't give you the option. They'd make you mix up. Uh, and even thinking back to gymnastics, I can remember being in the gym and the boys and the girls would always argue about which was harder, men's gymnastics or women's gymnastics. And the argument for men would always be, well, we've got six apparatus, you've only got four. And then the women would say, yeah, but we've got two boys bars we can't kick the bar and we have to do beam you don't have to do beam and it was always this argument it's always boys versus girls and that kind of it seems to always be there you know and it definitely is now and I think in recent years it seems to have like turned up a notch it's very much like we feel more divided I feel like that I, I definitely do and I think in society whatever it is, whether it's gender, race, politics, there seems to only be two sides and we're really split. And if I don't agree with someone on the other side and that's it, we can't be friends. And I'm like, what, what happened to us being in year five and having a, 
open discussion and a debate and then coming to a conclusion. And I think that's where we need to get back to. And I think that's what this episode is going to be about a little bit today. And I did a little bit of research for this one. I've not really done that before. But in 2022, there were 2.9 million households uh, where children grew up with single parents. And two and a half million of them were women and 400,000 were men. So just 16% were men in single households. That's a big number, 2.9 million. When I think back to when I was a kid, you know, it was really rare to have anybody in your class, really, whose parents had, like, split up. And this was, I'm talking late 90s, okay? And, you know, on the flip side of that, I talked to my little sister now who's 18, and she said to me, like multiple times and she said to my parents do you know how rare it is that you guys have stayed together like most of my friends all their parents are divorced I was like whoa that's that's great that's a massive change to like the family dynamic I remember my granddad telling me a story so in the 1990s there's a place in Nottingham called Compton Acres it's, uh, it's in West Bridgeford and Wilford and it's a big area and they built loads of houses I can remember my granddad telling me I can remember asking the guy the site manager the person in charge of the development like how are you going to sell all of these houses? Like, there are so many. There's just not enough people for these houses. And he turned around and he said, well, we're expecting there to be a massive uh, increase in the divorce rate. And so there's going to need to be twice as many houses. I can remember him telling me that story. I remember it really well. I'm thinking, whoa, that's mad. Like, And actually that seems to have happened, right? 2.9 million, that's a massive number. And I think that, you know, from that, there's always going to be a knock-on effect and the knock-on effect is that there are lots of people now that have to work twice as hard you know if you're just you're in a household by yourself and you whether you're a man or a woman you're going to have to do a lot more work you're going to lean towards being more financially independent you're probably going to be more protective of your children and making sure that they're financially independent and yeah i think that that in part as added to this situation where there's a massive divide between men and women. And I think right now as well, for sure, we definitely, we do have like this, uh, one phrase I really don't like is all men are the same. (laughs) That one kills me. But we do have like a, a massive proportion of like young men that I think are a little bit lost and maybe don't have great role models and leaders. You know, I'm not necessarily sure that in the last 15 years that the the people that have been leading this country are necessarily people with great morals and values. And I think we're struggling for that a little bit in society. And when the education system is stretched so thin and there's not enough teachers and, you know, you're having 35, 30 teachers to a class, like, it's really hard for young people, particularly with the fact that we're not doing as much sport as we used to. We're not outside as much. We don't have those, like great male role models in society for young men that are looking for that and feeling a bit lost. And I think that's why a lot of young men have been drawn to someone like Andrew Tate or Jordan Peterson that have these views and kind of speak to young men. And I I think that's what a lot of that is. It's just lacking those like real role models. And they've kind of come in and they've latched on to that big group of people. You know, when I was looking and doing a little bit of research, I think uh, a lot of people date online now, right? So there's not a lot of just meeting up naturally. A lot of it is done online. Like I I did that, you know, before I'd met Connie and uh, I looked at the numbers on Tinder. 85% of people that use Tinder in the UK are male. That's 85%. That's a massive number. So there's a lot of single young men 
that are probably just feeling very lost and they're probably easy to manipulate and this divide and making men the enemy or women the enemy and it's not like working together and appreciating each other yeah it's really not helping this situation um and yeah for me you know we have to appreciate the differences between like men and women and i think communication is a big thing communication is massive we've got to talk more um you know right now i am at the point in my life where i'm thinking about having children i've never thought about that until i've got to this point in my life as a man but i imagine as a young woman you know that's on your mind from a very young age like a really young age you start to think about oh, i wonder if i can have kids i wonder you know that women know that there's a window of opportunity where they're more than likely that's their best chance to have children whereas men don't necessarily have that and they certainly don't think about it and we don't talk to women about that and on the other side of that like there's a massive pressure on like young men to financially support a family to pay for a wedding ring get an get an engagement ring pay for a wedding like if you want to have a family and you want to have more than multiple children that at times means that your partner's going to be off work that means you're going to have to financially support the family like that's a big thing that's a big pressure we both carry really different pressures and i think when it comes to young women at the minute there's even more pressure because they're now expected to have children and have a career like it's crazy and um, but we need to communicate and talk to each other more about that and i, I think as a young guy for me for sure like at times i can feel really isolated as a young man not having many other young men to talk to you know i spoke about this before in like podcasts i don't think we're very good as like generally speaking and this isn't everyone and this whole episode i'm talking about in general and majorities um we don't, we're not good at talking man and i i don't there's not a lot of other young men that i can go to or that i even see you know a lot of my best friends live really far away from me um and as you get older life gets in the way right it gets busy and i might go the whole week you know i'll see sam with the podcast and we'll, we'll talk about the podcast but you know i might go the whole week without seeing a friend and if i've got these like stresses and feeling these pressures on me you know and i might not talk to them that's, that becomes really hard and really isolating the same thing for young women there are certain things that like young women just don't talk about you know and that worries me massively i think in the next few years particularly recently i think there's been a big outpouring of people have realized how significant and how important uh the issue that we have with young men and like mental health and suicide right that's become forefront and everybody's talking about it a lot of young men have come out and talk about it and it's kind of like well known now i think in the next 4 or 5 years we're going to have the same thing with like young women because there are loads of things that young girls don't talk about and they struggle with i see that because i've got friends that are young women i've got you know a partner i've got sisters and i think we're going to have a bit of a an epidemic in the next 4 or 5 years with young women and i i was at a stag do recently and i have kind of come up with this theory as well one reason why it's so hard to be a young woman is that you know you're just constantly bombarded on social media with like this false reality it's constant it's never ending and uh, i kind of got this theory that girls impress other girls they don't impress men <laughs> and I've chatted to a lot of other guys about this and they've kind of agreed and they say oh yeah that's so true like girls are trying to impress other girls online and you know they're more worried and socially anxious about what dress they wear and what they look like whereas like guys were like generally and not 
not that bothered. They aren't the conversations we have. Like, so we need to start like communicating with each other a little bit more on that front. I think for me, like that's a massive thing. And uh, yeah, I'm definitely worried because, like I said, uh, you know, one day I want to be a dad and I might have young girls, and I don't want them at uh, 12 years old feeling terrible about themselves because all day they're scrolling through social media, seeing these pictures of women that have been photoshopped that just isn't reality and the other thing that like they do as well is even looking at like shopping okay everyone knows that shopping you get that instant gratification right when you get the post comes through the door and you've got that asos asos order or nike order and you see the packaging it gives you a bit of a boost and like you can get addicted to that but you can also spend your whole time scrolling through these shopping websites and all they do it's the same as social media instead of scrolling through social media and seeing these perfect women all these young girls are looking at shopping websites with all these pictures of women wearing these dresses and clothes that have been photoshopped and they're looking at the same thing and scrolling and it just can't be good for you uh, like that just that's not okay i've seen a massive increase in young girls going to the gym going to, i watched a program on it like six months ago like young girls going to the gym to try and look a certain way like dieting like eating disorders restricting their eating doing crazy training and it's uh yeah it's it worries me and i think we've got that and what we need to start doing is like working together a lot more and understanding that men and women bring different skill sets to the table and appreciating them um it doesn't mean that women can't do what men do and men can't do what we can you know but in general we tend to lean towards having different skill sets i think we should celebrate that rather than divide ourselves even more um that's really important for me and i think that uh yeah going forward <laughs> i want to try and bridge that gap a little bit more and i want to have you know i've started having guests on the podcast i've got young men that come on the podcasts at the moment but i want to have girls come on i want to have female gymnasts come on and tell their tell their stories you know because it's a different story we've heard a lot about my experience in gymnastics but you know the women's side of the sport is very different and they face completely different pressures and i remember back in 2021 when i got asked to be the athlete representative uh, at british gymnastics you know, it took me a while to decide to take that position. Um, at first, I felt that it was a bit of a tick box. And in the end, I decided that uh, ultimately, I'm going to try and do a good job here. Uh, so that doesn't matter if, you know, I get tied up in something and the white review and I get labeled as being part of something. That's fine, because I know I'm going to try and do a good job. And it was great. You know, I felt that I was a real benefit to the, like, the men's team at the time. But, you know, the women didn't have a representative. They didn't have a representative at the time because the, uh, none of the young women wanted to represent British gymnastics because a lot of them were, some of them were going through lawsuits and had been accusing coaches of all sorts. So they were struggling to get a female athlete. And I was saying, you need a female athlete. I can't talk to a 16-year-old girl about her problems. We're just never going to, she's never going to be able to open up to me. We're not going to be able to relate. And I think that was really important at that time. I learned that lesson that, you know, I can be there in that room and in that conversation, but like you need to have a female athlete that's walked in her shoes that can be there because they're very different things. Um, and I think that's really important. And, you know, right now with what's going on, I think <laughs> when you look at it, right, if you imagine that there's all these big, massive companies around the world, right, and they need to get more people working for them, how do you double the workforce? Well, you convince 
more young women to stay and work longer, not have children, right? Because you can keep them working. And that's how our whole educational system was built like 200 years ago. It's the same original system and it was to build like factory workers. Um, And I've been a cog in the machine. You know, when I was an athlete, I was valuable for as long as I could win medals. So I know what it, it feels like to just just be stuck in this hamster wheel. And actually what I've began to realize recently is that in those situations, you've got to really understand what your leverage is. You know, at the minute we're so divided and we're fighting on so many different fronts and you don't know what to, you turn on the news and it's like carnage every single day and we're so divided. But the reality is, you know, we're not. That only ever comes, you know, that all men of the same thing. It normally comes from somebody that's, you know, been hurt or is not in a relationship. I never see anybody in a happy relationship ever saying that. And it's the same the other way around because the men just reply with yeah well women are just as bad um and so that being like a cog in the machine and understanding each other's like leverage and working together is massive that's been going on right now right so we've got all this industrial action and you know across the public sector workers people are taking strike action and they've come to get teachers have come together and they've just got a pay rise right so that works coming together it it does work and i felt that in my career and one thing uh I've figured out recently, and I talked to a lot of young athletes about this, is that I started working for uh, a company that go into schools and they deliver sport. It's a brilliant company. They do something really good. It's massively positive. You know, it's, uh, they never, it doesn't cost a school any money at all. The kids raise fundraising money. Half of the money goes back into school. They raise money for equipment and stuff. I was working for the company for a while. After a while, I realized that, hold on a minute, I'm the only person that works for this company that has an Olympic medal and an Olympic torch, actually, like, I think I should be getting paid a bit more here. And so I, I started to negotiate to get paid more money because I was bringing more to the table. I was starting to understand my leverage, and I never understood that as an athlete when I represented Great Britain and I competed for British gymnastics. I didn't understand that, you know. The, the culture at the time was always like, be quiet. If you've got a gold medal, then you can start to maybe throw your weight around a little bit. And so I asked her, I negotiated with them and, you know, we kind of like met in the middle and then I did it again and eventually I had two pay rises while I was in that job. And um, I'm pretty confident I got paid the most out of any of the athletes they had on there. And there was a couple of athletes that had been working for seven or eight years with the company doing just the same job that I do and they never got a pay rise, got paid the same money. And I started to think back to when I was an athlete and I was like, it's that divide and conquer thing. You know, when I was an athlete, I was so scared of the people that were... I was so scared of my other teammates and athletes knowing how much money I got paid because I thought, what if they think I don't deserve that money? You know, I'm still getting paid. Let's say the funding criteria was A, B, C, and D. If I was getting paid A, but my results weren't matching that anymore... I didn't want anybody else to know that because I feel embarrassed about it. So nobody ever talked about how... I never knew how much my teammates got paid. Never knew that. And now I'm like, oh my God, if we had talked more and we'd explained how much we were getting paid, we could then all have got... We could all have gone to the people in charge and said, hang on a minute, how come you're paying him that much but you're not paying me? And I realised, oh, it's better for them. It's easier to keep somebody quiet by paying them a little bit more and nobody else knowing, because if everybody comes to the table and says, hold on a minute, let's make this fair across the board, 
but then you, you've got that power and that's what we probably should have done as young athletes. And I think looking back now, I spoke to Dan Keaton's mentioned this a bit, like I'd be, if I was an athlete now, I'd be pushing for a pension scheme. I'd be pushing for black and white results and funding measures. I'd want everybody to be able to see how much funding everybody was on. And then you know that there's never going to be anything going on, no politics, it would be black and white. And I think as an athlete, you'd be happy with that. Um, and I think that's the same with what's going on right now. I've been a, a cog in the machine and I think we're all being divided and it's hard not to think that it's easy to manipulate people when we're divided. If you think back to to COVID time, we were all so scared and we all panicked so much that was going on. It was easy to kind of get us to walk the path that they needed us to walk in. You know, it's like, uh, it's that, it's, it's, a comp it's old school. It's been around for thousands of years, that divide and conquer. It's so easy, but actually we need to like come together. You know, I want to live in a world where I can disagree with somebody today on one topic and agree with them tomorrow on the next topic or my best friends, my family, my partner, we can disagree on things. I still love you. Like, that's okay. We can disagree on things. And I think, like, we have to really appreciate each other a little bit more and work together, like men and women. I think that's really important. I don't want to see this divide. We need to, like, communicate more, understand each other's problems, understand that we're bringing different things to the table. Uh, yeah, I, I, my family's split, right? I've got me and my brother, it's two boys, two girls, and... You know, my family are really close and we're split between men and women. And yeah, it, it, I want us to work together because it makes sense, right? Like ultimately, you know, I want to have a family of my own. I want to have kids. I'd like to have boys and girls. I want them to get along. I want us to all understand that we are much stronger. Sergey used to say this to me all the time. He used to say, Sam, like, it's much easier when you work together. You know, there's that, uh, I think it's a famous quote that you can go far on your own but you can go much further together like it's so it's so true like we're not meant to be alone it doesn't work i think covid taught everybody that like when we were you know locked up in our houses and we couldn't go out the knock-on effects of that was massive on everybody's mental health we struggled with that we're tribal creatures by nature we're meant to live in communities and to work together and have differences and have debate let's figure them out um, and I think we need to get back to that. I want to get back to that. And yeah, you know, for me, I know so many young, successful women that are in the workplace. And I also know so many young, successful women that are happy being mothers. And a weird thing that I've noticed recently is that it's almost like frowned upon to want to be a mom at times, which is crazy for young girls. That's like, that's nuts. It's like society saying you must work and have a career. Well, actually, like raising children is one of the mo most amazing things you can do. Doesn't mean it's the thing to do. Doesn't mean that it's right for everybody, but it's, a, it's an amazing thing. I think we need to start embracing each other a little bit more and not be so easily divided. Like that's massively important. And I know that I've seen in the, in the, the young men that I know in that community come together a lot more and appreciate that each other might be struggling and every now and then, you okay, mate? Are you doing all right? And like, I think in the next few years, we're going to get to that point where like young women are going to do the same, but hopefully we can do that together, have those mental health conversations or have conversations about becoming parents or things that you struggle with that you just don't talk about that used to be taboo. No, you don't talk about that. I remember when I was, I, probably my mom's generation, my, my grandma was talking about it the other day, like <laughs> men wouldn't be there at the birth. <laughs> I remember my dad saying like, my dad saying recently, he told me that, I think he was watching the FA Cup final 
<laughs> while my mum was in labour with me or something like that. Like, whereas, like, now it's changed. Like, we are together more. Like, I want to... Like, the men always want to be there. Like, we need to work together and understand that it's really important we've got that family unit. And, like, accept that, like, look, it's obviously going to be a massive knock-on effect if it's, you know, 2.9 million households with children, family households, with only single parents, that's clearly going to have a big knock-on effect and it's, you know, going to polarise people a little bit. We need to come back together and, yeah, I think that's really important. And ultimately, when I kind of think about it, you know, if we were to go to war tomorrow and World War Three broke out, there'd be a great deal of, like, the large majority of people going to fight would be men, right? But actually... When that happened the last time, the backbone of this country, the people that raised the next generation and kept everything going so we could fight was the women and we worked together. We used to have the land army, right? Like, we have to come together as a team. That's really important. I think that's massive. I think, you know, moving forward, you know, I don't watch the news anymore because whenever I turn it on, it's always doom and gloom. It's always dividing people. It's always these, you know, I think on any side of the spectrum, whatever conversation you're listening to, you get the extremes. You get the far right and the far left, never the centre or the middle, which is where the majority exist, right? We've got to get back to the majority. You know, we have to, like, make sure that the minorities are included and they're part of it. But let's not forget the big majority of people in the middle because, you know, when you go to... When they decide whether someone's guilty, right, they go with a majority. When we vote to vote people to be elected for, for parliament, we go with a major, the majority. That's like what we do. And I think we just need to, yeah, come back together or work together. Um, bit of a different episode today. I really enjoyed it. I think that's really important. It's something that I feel passionate about at the minute. Having young men and women work together a little bit more, uh, especially because I think that, yeah, I, young men have been relatively vocal about mental health in the last few years. And I think there's potentially going to be the next two or three years, there's going to be a lot of young women coming forward and being a bit more open about that. And, you know, at that time when that happens, if we can work together, I think, you know, it will certainly help things. And, um, yeah, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Make sure you like, you subscribe. We've got lots more guests coming. Um, I'm really, I've been really enjoying having guests on the podcast. It's brilliant for me. Uh, it certainly feels like fun when I just get to sit there and interview somebody. We're getting, uh, yeah, we're getting a lot, a lot more views, a lot more downloads. Make sure that you, you keep an eye on YouTube as well because you can watch the podcast every single week. Uh, but more than anything, thank you very much for supporting it. Uh, I can't wait to get more interesting people on to talk about more topics. And uh, yeah, thank you for listening. And I will see you in the next one. Thank you.